Welcome to the Line Cool Podcast. A tennis show presented by Hector and Toby. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Line Cool Podcast, where today we'll be going over the uh, recent Madrid tournament and previewing Rome. How are you doing, Toby? Hi, mate. Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Uh, just finished watching the final at Madrid. And what a week it's been for Carlos Alcaraz. So many records broken. But um, I just want to lead the show, uh, lead off the show with probably the best statistic of the week for Alcaraz. He is the first ever player to win a tournament which has been predicted by someone on the Line Call podcast. <laughs> Such an amazing accolade. Um, and, you know... It, it's been a little while coming. That was what our third or fourth prediction, and um, at least one of us has finally got one right. There, there had to be one. There had to be one, and if it was going to be anyone, it was going to be our probably favourite. No, I'm not going to say probably. Definitely favourite player. Not at the moment. Just he, he's our favourite player. He's amazing to watch. I don't. I'm kind of pretty much actually speechless. Really, I, I cannot believe what I've just seen this week in Madrid. You had him. You had him on winning, and I thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was going to beat him by Rafa in the quarters. I didn't think he was quite ready, but he is more than ready. I think we can both agree on that. Yes, definitely some brilliant matches this week for Alcaraz. Such a big run. He beat. He opened up with the win against Bashlashvili. Not an easy game to start with in the second round. He beat Cam Norrie in a free setter. Cam took him to free there. And then two absolute marathons, two brilliant, brilliant matches. Um, first of all, against Nadal in the quarters. That looked like a game where you had to be uh, the atmosphere in the stadium there in Madrid with these two Spanish giants, the generational uh, battle, if you would. And then for me, the probably game of the tournament was that semi-final against Djokovic, over three and a half hours long. And then today, where he just thrashed Zverev uh, in 62 minutes. Um, just an unreal week for Carlos Alcaraz. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, think about it. Rewind 13 years to the 2009 semi-finals of the Madrid tournament. Djokovic against Nadal over four hours. It's it's like it was being replayed, but with a remake of Nadal playing with his right hand instead. I, I know the comparisons won't stop, but that's because it's so ridiculously similar. His trajectory is I'm I'm honestly lost for words sometimes talking about this 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 kid. And you, you call him a kid because he's literally only just turned 19, entering the same week last year, he was at world number 114. How is that possible? It's it's crazy. It's in his post-match interview today after the final, he called it uh, the best week of his life. And you just have to feel uh, he's probably already had a few best weeks of his life so far this year, and he's going to continue to have quite a few more best weeks of his life coming this season and seasons to come. Let me just list off a few stats. I've probably missed a few, but because there's so many he's broken. But you know, the youngest ever player to earn wins over both Djokovic and Nadal, the first ever player to beat them in consecutive days on clay, the fifth player ever to beat him at the same tournament. You know, he won his second Master Series tournament of the year today. His second straight title, 10th straight win. That means he's undefeated in his Spanish games, games in his home country. 
He now moves to 5-0 and in ATP Tour Finals, becomes the sixth ever player to win their first five finals. Today against Zverev was his sixth straight win versus top 10 opponents. And he now leads the tour with the most number of wins uh, at 28 and the most number of titles uh, four on the year. And, you know, he's only going in one direction. He'll move to world number six after today. It's it's absolutely amazing. Another absolutely delicious stat to add in there. He is the youngest player to defeat a world number one in 17 years. Guess who was the last person to do that? Rafa Nadal. You're exactly right. So Nadal beat Federer in the 2005 French Open semi-finals on his 19th birthday. That was the last time someone younger than him beat a world number one. I just cannot believe what I'm seeing. And also what I think is so significant about this week and his rise. I mean, he's he's redefining the meaning of meteoric rise purely because, say, let's take Yannick Sinner, for example. When he got to the Miami final, he cracked the top 10 of the of the rankings. And usually when young players or any player in general breaks the top 10, they sort of plateau. They either stay there, maybe get one point higher, eight, something like that. And they dip down a little bit because there's when you get in the top 10, there's so many more points to to jump to be able to go up places. He's gone straight from nine to six. And this week in Rome, he has the chance to go to four. And I think he'll do it. That doesn't that doesn't happen. How many wins does he have to get to to get into the top five? To get into the top five, I'm not quite sure. But if he if he wins, I believe if he wins Rome, he'll be top four and he'll overtake um he'll overtake Rafa in the in the race. He'll be number one in the race for the end of the year. That's crazy. It's I mean, let's just go over his performance today against Zverev. Um, you know, off the back of two marathon games against Rafa Nadal and Novak Djokovic, and then he just comes out and annihilates Zverev six three, six one today. You know, he had 56 points to Zverev's 29. Zverev, who's, who's obviously known for his big serve, you know, he won as many service games as he lost. Zverev didn't get a single breakpoint opportunity. And just from watching it, he just got dominated in his baseline exchanges. Um, he just couldn't hack it. I mean, I don't know what was up with his forehand today, but the, uh, every opportunity, Alcaraz would just put it onto his forehand and then he, could, he, he, he couldn't keep himself in the rally. Zverev got violated by so many of those beautiful drop shots as well. He played a few crackers today, which has become his staple. And there's people going around saying he's got the best drop shot in the game now. Um, I wouldn't argue with it. I wouldn't argue with it. His his decision making on when to play that shot is fantastic, and his ability to win the points even if they do get to the board. I, was, I think Zverev only got to one, maybe two of those drop shots today. One that stuck in my mind, he got there. And then um, put it back to Alcaraz on his backhand. And then Alcaraz played the most ridiculous backhand topspin lob over all six foot six of Zverev. And he just, it was ridiculous. I mean, Zverev just looked shell-shocked the whole game. He just, you know, the commentary was saying, you know, maybe his late night semi-final the night before would be part of the reason. But I just think he just got completely outclassed, completely outplayed. Yeah. Um, in... At the trophy ceremony after the game, Zverev turned around to Alcaraz and he went, you are the best player in the world right now. That's what he said to him. And he's probably right. He's probably right. 
I, I think he's definitely right. He's definitely right because he's beating everyone in sight now. As we said before the tournament, you, you just, as you said, you just can't see him losing to anyone. You just can't see him losing to anyone. And I'm, I, I have no idea what's going to happen the rest of the season. A nice, just a little um, comparison, actually. So um, at this point in the Dow's breakout season in 2005, he'd won five titles. So one more than Alcaraz. So this consisted of two Masters tournaments, two 500 tournaments, what was the equivalent before they had them, and one 250, so ATP 250. So pretty much the same as Alcaraz is on now. And for the rest of the season, he went on to win Roland Garros, two more Masters titles and 11 titles in total. The most he's won in a single season and finished the year ranked number two in the world. I can, I can see that happening this year. He's beaten Djokovic and Nadal in the same tournament to, to win it and then absolutely destroyed, taken apart Zverev. One hour and two minutes. I mean, Zverev's no... No stranger to Madrid either. He's 19 and 2 Madrid in his career. He was on a nine game win streak, former reigning champion, 2018, 2021. So it's not even like Zarev was out of place here in Madrid, but um, especially for that crowd today, though, he would have felt like everyone was against him. Everyone was for Alcaraz, and, and rightly they were. So, I mean, again, I know we keep banging on about it, but um, I think back to that quarterfinal against Nadal and then. Alcaraz outplayed Nadal in that first set, uh, but then he suffered that um, that ankle injury in the second set, and I was actually really gutted because I thought, you know, when he went on to lose that second set six one, I was like, oh no, he can't go out like this. Like this just isn't fair for the way he's playing for him to go out with like a dodgy injury or something. So I was really uh, pleased, and again, it's a testament to his his mental strength and his just well, general strength for to come through a game like that against Nadal when he was kind of got got that injury midway through. So, yeah, I mean, God, he's, he's brilliant. Yeah. He, I, I just, I don't know what to say. And I mean, one thing I have to say is not all titles are created equal. So if we think about his Miami run and the Madrid run, we compare these both worth the exact same number of points. We're going to compare a few different stats of the players he had to beat on that run. So they're massively different. So if we go through Miami first, so to win the title, he beat three top 10 players. The players had a combined Masters 1000 title hall of three, zero weeks at world number one and one slam title in Marin Cilic. So if we compare it to his Madrid run, which is vastly different to his Miami run in the players he had to beat. So again, three top 10 players he had to beat. Combined Masters 1000 title hall of 79, 578 weeks at world number one and 41 slams. That's just two completely different beasts of a tournament. And he's still gone and done it. It's just... It's, it's it's breathtaking what he's able to do. And I think everyone else on the tour, Zverev, Berrettini, Rublev, Sinner, all the other young players who just haven't been able to do it against him, I think they just they just don't know what to do. You know, I, I just they're left they're left speechless. What do we have to do? They didn't know what they have to do to beat 
the big three. That's what's been the roadblock for them. And now they now there's another one. There's another one come along who's beating them, and now they have to beat him. What what can they do? Nothing. I think this, like you said, like there you've got the statistics. But if we look back to last episode where we did our predictions for the quarterfinals, how, how many did you get again? Did you get a seven out of eight? This week? I got se- I got seven out of eight in the quarterfinals for this tournament. But then in the semis, I got only only one remaining. Yes, but I mean, looking at our predictions, well, your predictions especially, um, you did go for obviously quite a lot of the, not obvious players, but the higher seeded players. And it's actually been a while since that many top seeds have actually made it through. Like there were very, very few upsets. The only upset was really when Casper Ruud lost, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But we, we both predicted that, didn't we? We didn't think he was through. No, neither of us had him getting through, but it just shows, again, like you were, alluding to with your point before about the quality of the field here at Madrid. That's why the win feels even more impressive. The fact that, like you said, it wasn't, you know, a Francisco Serrindolo in the semi-finals. It was, mm, mm. or, you know, Alejandro Davidic Fakina in the final, like Sitsipas had at Monte Carlo. It's, it's a really quality field and a really, really quality win. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed watching Madrid this week. Um, I think word of the week from Madrid would be altitude. The commentators didn't stop banging on about the old altitude. And Yes, they they love talking about the altitude. Yeah, they do, don't they? Makes it a faster court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it was good. And then Italy, Rome starts tomorrow. Is, did you have anything else to add for Madrid or do you want to shoot, shoot move on to our predictions? I think I think we move on to our predictions, and also I think maybe we should rename this podcast the Alcaraz Podcast. I, I don't know about you, but I think it's yeah, it's on theme. Name's probably not taking it, to be fair. Yeah, it probably isn't. We 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 need to get in there fast before uh, before the fanboys get in there. We definitely have enough content to fill an hour episode a week. I reckon. Oh, yeah. d- definitely. I think he's going to provide that for the next you know, couple of years at least. So now on to the Rome Masters next week where we have Nadal as the defending champion last year. And we're going to go over the draws. What do you think is going to happen this week, Toby? Yep, another great week in tennis. Another another, another great week in tennis, one of our favourites. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go over each quarterfinal, then semis in the final and give our winner. So, Toby, who's your first pick? In, in my first quarterfinal this week, I have got a rematch of the quarterfinal from the Serbia Open a couple of weeks ago. The all-Serbian affair of Djokovic versus Kecmanovic. Djokovic, kind of self-explanatory, really. He really looked like he was finding some form last week at Madrid. Really dispatched of uh, Monfils and Hercatch. Uh, would have loved to see him play against Andy Murray, but wasn't to be in the end, which is a bit of a shame. And then he was only beaten in an absolute three and a half hour marathon against Alcaraz in the semi-final. You know, and he's got great pedigree here at Rome. He's been to seven of the last eight Rome finals, five titles and 59 wins in Rome. So he's no stranger to success here. He's never actually lost before the quarter to final stage at Rome before. So you've got to bank on him making it to the stage again. Ketsmanovic, similarly, he's got a difficult, more of a difficult draw, really. He has both Diego Schwartzman and Felix Auger Eliassim to possibly beat before he gets to the quarterfinals. But for me, I mean, Diego is kind of hot and cold at the moment and so is Felix. Both quite difficult to predict, you know, when they're going to make a run and when they're going to bow out pretty early. 
Um, you know, Ketchmanovic having a good year so far. Got to the semi-final at Munich a weeks ago. He's got to the quarter-final at three other clay court events this year. And he's got three wins against top 10 opponents already, including a win against Felix in Miami earlier this year. So, yeah, he definitely has the ability to get through to the quarterfinals. He's been playing really well and I'm really excited to see him play this week. Yeah, nice. Nice, yeah. Um, so I agree with the, the Djokovic part. I'm going for Djokovic against Schwartzman, Diego. Um, so as you say, as a Diego fan, a Diego Schwartzman fan, it is it's somewhat a painful experience sometimes because he is quite up and down, you know, he'll make the semifinals of Roland Garros and then losing the first round against someone ranked 140th in the world. Um, and he had a bit of a, bit of a rough, rough week last week, getting absolutely uh, schooled by Dimitrov in the second round um, in Madrid. But um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think he's going to make it through to the quarters. Um, he's, you know, he's made, he's made a couple of finals this year, a couple of semifinals, and as you say, you know he's he's a bit inconsistent, but I, I love watching him play. I kind of kind of hope he can get there. And as for as for Djokovic, um, you know he's he's in, interestingly actually in the second round, um, where his his first match, he's got uh, Aslan Karatsev, um, who he has a one 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 head to head with, beaten by him in uh, Belgrade. But I Karatsev Karatsev hasn't been in great form recently. One matchup I would really love to see for Djokovic, possibly Vavrinka, although I'm not really sure, not really sure he'll get past Apelka in the first round, to be honest, you know, because he, he hasn't, I don't think he's won a, a tour match in over a year. So we'll see, we'll see what happens really. But yeah, I think it's going to be Djokovic, Djokovic Diego for that first quarter final. Who have you got in the second quarter final? So for my second quarter final, I have. Nadal versus Rude. Again, Rude isn't having the best run of things recently, but I think due to his, you know, clay court prowess and experience and just the sheer number of titles he has on the surface, um, I think it's about time for him to get up and running before running Garras. Um, you know, this is last Masters event before we um before we get into Roland Garros. So I think, you know, he's not got an easy run, either Corder or um Botic van der Zandt, but I reckon he can get there. It's you know maybe Brooksby Goffan her catch. That's that's a tricky draw actually to be honest. But I think he'll get there. And Rafa, I don't even need to go through Rafa's draw really, do I? No, mate. I've of course got Nadal making it through to the quarterfinals as well. You know he's played Rome every year since 2005. He's got to the final 12 times. He's won 10 of those finals. He's he's going for his 11th title here this year. Again, I think you know he was saying after Madrid that uh, it's, it's going to take him a little bit of time to really get back into into the swing of things so you feel like he's just going to improve on what he did last week so yeah Nadal I can see him making a run this year to face him in that quarterfinal I've gone slightly differently I've gone for Goffin I've been really impressed with how he's been playing recently namely especially that round 16 match he had against Nadal uh, at Madrid last week uh, he had a really great chance of winning that match really Possibly should have done. He had four match points in that in that deciding tie break, and to come back from defending match points in the second set against Nadal to force a third set was just really impressive. You know, he won in Marrakesh a few weeks ago as well. Moved back into the top fifty off his performance in Madrid um, has kind of turned it around after a rough start to the year. You know, this time last year, Goffin, uh, Goffin was a top fifteen player, and you know, I, I don't really see any reason why he can't play himself back into sort of similar ranking as as the year progresses the way he's playing so yeah I've got him over over Rude and her catch um, to reach that quarterfinal 
Yeah, nice. I mean, I yeah, I really agree with you about um, David David Goffin really getting back into back into form because I I actually completely forgot about him to be honest because he hadn't he hadn't really won anything in in so long as you say when you say to me now he was ranked fifteenth this time last year that's hard to believe purely because he he went out of my consciousness he's he's a great player to watch. I was checking the rankings and I was like, oh, I wonder how long it's been since he's been back in the top 50. But it's not been that long at all, actually, because he was uh, he was pretty up the rankings for most of last year. So he just obviously had a poor start to 2022 where he, he was poor. But it is good to see him, you know, get out of that slump and, and, and hit some form again. Mm. He has a really, really nice overhead. Really, really nice. I thought in his match against Rafa, he was so solid. And as you say, just kind of, yeah, kind of a bit unlucky, really. But that's what you get when you playing Rafa on clay, unless you're Carlos Alcaraz, of course. course. Talking about Carlos Alcaraz, so we've actually just found out that he is not going to be playing in Rome. He's pulled out, so that's our prediction's gone. (laughs) What do you you think of that move? Do you think that's that's wise ahead of Roland Garros, or do you think he should have just kept on playing? Um, Well, to be honest with you, I kind of... I was kind of, I'm in an R and I was thinking, oh, maybe he's going to do it. Maybe he's not going to. But I, I thought that he probably should just carry on, you know, steamroll and keep on going. He's only got points to win here and it could just cement his, you know, cement his form and his place and it could take him up to fourth in the ra- in the in the rankings. So, you know, I just. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's too worried about rankings at this time, really. I think, you know, the rankings will sort themselves out based on his performances. I think, you know, he's already achieved so much this year. I mean, I don't know what his goals would have been heading into the year, but surely his goal now is to win a Grand Slam at some point in 2022. So it doesn't surprise me that the focus has shifted to what can he do to prepare himself best to win a Grand Slam. And that first one on the docket is Renan Garris. So, yeah, I think it makes sense for him to to skip Rome this week. He's got nothing to prove. Everyone knows who he is. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, to seeing him when he gets back on court. The main disappointment is not being able to watch him this week. Exactly. I mean, he um, he said that he feels like he's ready to win a Grand Slam. He said he feels he's ready and I think everyone believes that. I believe that. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's disappointing, but one of the reasons why I thought he would was purely because there is a, a gap. There is a week between it, but I think maybe what he's going to do is have a little bit of time to to enjoy this a little bit and then get back to work a couple of days with his team, you know, get back to work, do some little, little mini training block and some mental work, you know, to sort of get ready and prepare to, you know, win his first, first Grand Slam. So um, who do we have in our third quarterfinal? So getting on to the bottom half of the draw here, uh, in the third quarterfinal, I have, I've just gone for the seeded players here, to be fair. I've got uh, Rublev taking on Sitsbess. Starting with Rublev, didn't look fantastic last week, if I'm honest. Um, nearly lost to the young Brit, Jack Draper. Struggled against Evans as well. Um, but he did take Sitsbess to three sets. Um, and he is playing well this year. You know, he's three titles, 25 wins, seven and two on clay so far. I back him over Sinner this week, even though it's Sinner's, I guess, home tournament, isn't it? So he'll have all the fans behind him. Um, I'd quite like to see Team get his first win. He's in this bit of the draw as well, but not sure he will against Fognini uh, in that first round match. But I guess we'll guess we'll see how that one goes. Um, my money's probably on him not to win, but we'll see. And then against Sitspass, 
who's been incredibly impressive on clay so far this year. Uh, good run at Madrid last week, got to the semi-finals, 27 wins overall this season. And like we just said, with Alcaraz out, a few wins here this week would take him back to the top of the table in terms of most wins on the year. Uh, a potential game to watch out for would be a second round match between Sitsipas and Dimitrov. Dimitrov, semi-finalist at Monte Carlo as well, but um, I still back Sitsipas to reach his eighth quarterfinal this year. Yep. Yeah, so um, the only difference I have there is I have Sinner coming through instead of Rublev. You know, it's home at the Foro Italico. He knows how to work a crowd, Sinner. Uh, I think he's been struggling for a little bit of form recently. You know, I just think, I think he's, I think he's going to come through, you know. And also, I would, I would actually love to see him play team, you know, possible, possible second round matchup. But, um, you know, he's, he's got to get through Fanini first. So Fanini at home, that's not an easy feat. Um, but as I say, I think Sinner against Sitspass. Um, and I think uh, that I think the Sinner will beat Rublev in the third round. I think that'd be a good one to watch, actually, because I don't know, like, I think Sinner's got a little bit more mentally than than Rublev. I think he's got a little bit more in his arsenal as well. In yeah, terms of so, options. I mean, Rublev gets so triggered, doesn't he? Do you see when he punched his racket last week? It's so Making his knuckles all bleed and stuff is gross. He's really hard on himself. Like he seems like such a nice, genuine, lovely guy off the court. But when he gets on there, he really beats himself up. Literally, he literally beats himself up. And that poor banana as well. Did you see that clip as well? I didn't, I didn't was, see uh, that. No, nah, he was sat down at the change area, change event or whatever. There was a banana on the on the arm of the chair, and he went. And he just like smashes banana to bits, mate. That <laughs> oh, no. banana didn't deserve that. Poor banana. Raucous, but no, no, you are right. He does, but at the same time, he, you know, it looked like he's lost his head, but he does keep the composure. And he, he came back to win those games. So, yeah, I mean, Rublev sits a pass. Um, he's actually, they've actually got a really good um, head-to-head matchup there. Four and four. Really good rivalry. Time. Um, sits a pass actually leads three and one on play between a pair. But Sitsipas has actually struggled against top 20 opponents this year. He's actually four and seven when coming up against top 20 opponents. So I'd be interested to see to see who wins that. But I've got I've got Rublev winning and coming through that. Yeah, oh, okay. So who do we have for our fourth quarter final? So this one I've gone pretty rogue. Starting off, I've got Cam Norrie and I've got him playing against young Sebastian Baez. So, yeah, Cam Norrie, I think he'll probably be the one who is most pleased to see Alcaraz pull out, seeing him in his half of the drawer, <laughs> his bit of the drawer again after that. Uh, he took him to three sets last week in Madrid, to be fair, but you never want to see Alcaraz, <laughs> I don't think, especially at this time, in your uh, in your section of the draw. But uh, Norrie's been constantly improving on play throughout this European swing. Think back to Monte Carlo, where he lost his first game. Uh, but then he made the quarterfinals at Barcelona, in where he was unlucky to lose to Alex de Menor when he had to play the doubleheader due to all that rain in Barcelona that week. So he, you know, he had to play two free setters in one day, and he was probably just a bit exhausted, to be fair. And then last week he 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 pushed Alcaraz three sets, like I said, and 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 got a couple of wins. So yeah, I think this is where he takes that next step and makes the quarterfinals of a Masters on uh, on play. Likewise. Bit of a rogue pick here, but young Sebastian Baez, the Argentinian, he's actually had a very impressive year if you look at the stats. Um, 12 wins on player this year, tied third for most on the tour. He won his maiden t- uh, title at Estoril only a couple of weeks ago. 
registered his first win against a top 20 opponent. Um, and I'm backing him to upset Zverev. They'll face off in the second round if Baez comes through his first round game. Zverev's obviously got the first round bye. But, you know, looking at Zverev after that final and then reading his post-match comments, he sounds a bit like a broken man, uh, unfortunately. Like those back-to-back late nights in Madrid and now he's got to fly straight out to Rome. It wouldn't surprise me if he wasn't in the fit state to, to, to play this game again, mentally or physically. So, yeah, I I think people will be on upset alert for that game. You ain't upset alert. You ain't. Yeah, you ain't. So, yeah, um, I've, I've, got, I've got actually Norrie as well coming through that. Norrie versus Verab, I have. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think Norrie is very happy to see the back of Alcaraz's head. I think he was probably, you know, a little bit worried when he saw, oh my God, it's him again. It's just like last year with um, with Martin Fuksovic and uh, Andrei Riblev meeting in four consecutive tournaments. <laughs> Fuksovic just getting wrecked every single time. He literally, on the third one, he literally said, I don't like, I don't want to keep, why do I keep meeting you? Like, please, please, can we not play again? And then he played him the next week and got wrecked. um so yeah i've i've got nori coming through that he's playing against um a young 18 year old um wild card in the first round um and then possibly chilich but maybe garin as well but you know garin's not had the best year and um nori's i think nori's had a he's had a solid one um and as you say about zverev yeah he is a bit of a broken man isn't he actually now that you think of it he he was just he was just polished off by um by Alcaraz, wasn't he? He was just done in, you know. I think, yeah, he's just done. Um, but I even so, I think I think he's going to get to the quarters. <laughs> I keep I keep going I keep going for him. I don't really keep going for him to get any further than the quarters, um, or semis. But I have him I have him getting there because I think I think he has the you know the talent and the you know the the prestige at this sort of level. But I'd really love to see a second round matchup between him and Sebastian Baez because he's a great player to watch. So for the first semi-final, I have Djokovic against Nadal. Who do you have? Yep, I've got Djokovic versus Nadal. Um, This is going to be a brilliant game. This is actually the ninth time uh, they would face off in Rome if they did meet here in the semi-finals, uh, where Nadal actually leads head-to-head in Rome 6-3 but I'm going to go against that and I'm going to go with Djokovic I'm going to go with Djokovic to to win I feel like you know the way Djokovic had to play himself into form due to his lack of game time and time on court I feel like Nadal is also having to play himself back into a bit of form after last week in Madrid and again he will be you know have an eye on the French Open so it wouldn't surprise me to see Djokovic come through and, and win that semi-final. But similar to the semi-final at Madrid between Alcaraz and Djokovic, I think this has the the makings of the game of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I have I have Djokovic beating Schwartzman in the quarterfinal. He's 6-0 against him. You know, Schwartzman's not been playing the best recently. And yeah, I just don't really think, I don't really think it'll do much to trouble him, really. I think Djokovic is just getting going. Um, and I have Rafa to beat Rude. It's their first meeting, um, the first head to head, but uh, it's Rafa and it's Rome. Need I say any more? And I really, really want this matchup to happen. I know we've already had 58 of their matches, but give the people what they want. 
you know i want to see it just just give us what we want yeah and i've 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 got um got i've got novak i've got novak winning that as well actually going through to the final i think i just i think um after last week having lost out on such a close one to just the better player on the day alcaraz um i think he's going to have the bit between his teeth and just not going to let it go so who do we have for our second semi-final in the second semi-final i have got andre rublev against cam nori who, who have you got i have stefano sitspas against cam nori who have you got making the final i have sitspas making the final who, who do you I have got. I'm going to say I got Cam Norrie. I think Cam Norrie's going to make the final. I think Cam Norrie's going to is going to come through and make the final. I think this bottom half of the draw is definitely the slightly easier one. I feel maybe he'll have the slightly easier draw. Um, obviously, he may come up against Zverev, which could be a different story. But you know, they're one on one in terms of their matchup. Rublev and Norrie in, in in the head to head. Cam Norrie winning their most recent match they haven't played on clay before so but i think these are two players who are playing at a pretty similar standard at the moment i would say you know in around the, the back end of the top 10 it's going to be i think it'll be a good game it, it won't also be a Djokovic at all but i've yeah i'm going to say it. cam murray will make the final nice very nice indeed so yeah i've got stefanos it's pass um beating yannick sinner in the quarters got a 3-1 head-to-head against him I just uh, I think Sinner will get there but I, I don't know Steph, Steph's playing well at the moment you know as you say he's got the second most wins on tour after Alcaraz 27 and he's just proving himself on clay this year you know I, just, I think he's going to get through that and I have Norrie beating Zverev actually in my quarters even though he is love three against him hasn't won a set yet but three of those sets out of the six have gone to tie breaks so he's he's getting close, and as we say, Alexander Zverev is a bit of a broken man at the moment. So if he gets there, he might he might just be done physically and mentally. So yeah, I've got him coming through, and then into the final, I actually have Sitspas. You know, even though it's one one all in their head to head, Norrie taking the recent semi final at Acapulco this year. I just um, yeah, I don't know. I think having made the the final of Roland Garros last year, Sitspas has that belief. You know, he has that belief and I think yeah, I think he'll I think he'll come through and get to get to the final to face Djokovic. So who's who's doing it then? Who's winning the Road Masters? Novak Djokovic. Clip that. Clip that. We yeah, we park our cars in the same garage on this one, I have to say. I'm also going for Novak Djokovic to win this tournament. I think if Norrie does magically work his way through to the finals, I've got him here. Um, I don't think he's had a chance against Djokovic. Djokovic has got the class. And I would love to see Djokovic really hit some proper form with a big title like this in the build-up to Roland Garros because that would just make it all the more exciting when it gets time to go to Paris for the French Open. So, yeah, Djokovic will, will win. He'll win. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with you. Um, and I think, you know, obviously I have um, Djokovic against Sitspas in the final and they've had some cracking matches in the past, but yeah, I've, I've got, yeah, I've got, I've got Djokovic coming out as the winner in that. Perfect. Lovely. Well, there you go, everyone. Djokovic will be winning the Road Masters. There's no point even watching it. Uh, I'm, I'm aiming to go back to back. Hector's looking for his first correct prediction. So <laughs> yeah. I hope everyone enjoys watching the tournament this week. We definitely will. And 
let's see if any of those predictions come true. Hector's looking to repeat seven out of eight. Hopefully, hopefully. Week. That was a very impressive performance for the quarterfinal pick. Uh, I'm looking to improve on my five, but we'll see how it goes. Can't improve on the one winner. Nope, nope. That's uh, as good as it gets. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll be back next week with a review of what's just happened in Rome this week. Yeah, thanks, everyone. We're looking forward to another great week in tennis. <laughs> thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, bye.